0: Hello and welcome to the Ninety Minute Cynic podcast. I'm your host as always. Except one bow does it uh Chris Gallagher. And I'm joined by it's just one. We've got one guy in, we've got the, the uh, and a lot of, a lot of people would say the star. Um, the number ten, the totty of uh of the Ninety Minute Cynic podcast. We've got Chris Ormanny. Chris Ormanny, thank you for coming along as always.
1: Thank you for that welcome, Christopher. Thank it was you. pretty
0: good, wasn't it? It was
1: a it was a nice one. It was indeed. Um let's see yeah. how this goes. Um if uh, the, the, the listeners are going to be prepared to just the two Chris's talking Chris nonsense for probably less than 90 minutes, I'd imagine.
0: Yeah, probably less than 90 minutes. Uh, Chris squared. Chris squared. Um, if we were a tag team. Mm-hmm. Is so, that a wrestling thing? Uh, you know what a tag team is. Don't care. I know. Uh, I, know, um, I, know, I right, watched it. In the the Rockers and all those guys. Uh, no, it's good to have you on board. Uh, unfortunately, we had a late pullout from uh, Christian Wolf, um, but he'll be on the podcast, I think hopefully in the next couple of weeks. He owes his one after this. He does. Uh, disappointing. He, d- he pulled a Stuart Armstrong. Mm. Um, uh, not coming back on the bench. Is he, is he injured?
1: I don't know. I don't know if anything came out about that t- today. I think he might be. I think there was an article saying that
0: he's an injury doubt certainly got, for the a, Scotland a thigh game strain or something? A thigh strain. Um, interesting. Uh, but We'll we'll get to the Anderlecht game. Uh, Let's talk about Nick Cave. Um, So we went to the Nick Cave
1: gig last night. Um, This this is one of the most upsetting things ever. We booked the tickets several months ago, went on the presumption we wouldn't win, (laughs) and then we did. So from now on, Ian Dugan was there, who's also uh, been on the podcast a couple of times. So I think the three of us are now gig-goers for every single Champions League away game?
0: I think the the funny thing was uh, we were so overjoyed and so happy about it um, that it was one of those things where if we have to go to a gig for every Celtic away game, miss the game and watch it afterwards for Celtic to win, I'd I'd be more than happy to do that. I feel like we've we've done a little bit of penance uh, for all the Celtic fans, uh, we're godlike in some ways. Yes,
1: I I feel directly responsible for the positive result. Uh, along with yourself, um, so yeah, you're welcome, guys. Welcome what did you home. think of the gig? Gig was great. gig was fantastic. He's, um, got, he's got a lot of stage presence, doesn't he? Does he does for a guy of his age and hedonistic past to <laughs> still be doing what he's doing? Uh, fantastic. But he wasn't the star of the night, Christopher. Who is the star of the night? Glasgow Celtic Football Club.
0: <laughs> Glasgow Celtic Football Club PLC. Don't don't ever don't you ever forget the PLC. Yes, yeah, well, you know. Ever, you're, sw- you're very much quite
1: a, quite a lot of PLC board fans uh, within the ninety minutes. In it, bloody love the board. Maybe not some of us, but maybe not some of us. Carry on. Um, actually, you know, I, I actually had a,
0: a. We're going to talk about. We're going to have an open question about um, Scott Brown from Josel Simunovic, uh, Ben the Tim. Um, but I think it's probably related to um, twenty minute Tim. Twenty minute Tim's. Uh, Jamie had an article in the paper today um, mm-hmm. about Scott Brown. But first, uh, Hugh Hefner died today. <laughs> he did. He did. He had, he had a bloody good innings, though, he didn't had, he? he had a bloody good innings. Was uh, it ninety one? Ninety one. He was um, apparently uh, a, a feminist. <laughs> <laughs> a feminist. That's yep. He did a lot for you know by just um, by objectifying women. Yes. He actually set them free.
1: That's what I'm led to believe. Objectifying women. Um, and tits in and an explicitly well. <laughs> capitalist way um, b- profited greatly from objectifying women, but... You know, I'm sure there's,
0: there's plenty of other podcasts, I'm sure that do that sort of thing, so, you know, listen, there's money in it. Well, let's not talk other it dead. Of course. Um, R.I.P. R.I.P. <laughs> Hugh, rip it. Um, that brought me to the question, and I, this is something, again, we kind of like, I like to, I personally like to start with a question, some people do, some people don't, um, but with Hugh Hefner being a bit of a character. One of your favourite larger-than-life characters in football. Now, I've kind of sprung this on you. I can see your wee mind working away. Um,
1: Larger-than-life. Like characters. Dicks! Dicks in football! (laughs) The one that first came to my head was uh, that guy with the awful hair. Jimmy Bullard. Oh, he's a fucking... Nah, he's... Yeah, well, I Aye. It's not like I like the guy or anything like that, but when you say larger than life, you do just, just think, idiot, and Jimmy Bullard came to mind.
0: Yeah, I Well, Jimmy Bullard does, uh, you know, the, the whole story with him and your man, he uh, used to play for Arsenal and Tottenham and Birmingham, had a red up sound like five times, Michael Bentley. Oh, David Bentley. David Bentley. Yeah. Um, and how they were both on England international duty and... David Bentley got his pal to sneak to McDonald's and sneak McDonald's into the team hotel, and Jimmy Bullard was talking about that like, "Oh, it, was some, it was great, mate. Ah, oh, we made a mug of Fabio Capello." And it's like, yeah, former European Cup winning uh, manager who would obviously go and improve you. Um, but yeah, let's take the piss. Charlie McGrew, Chris Commons.
1: Um Ronnie Diala. <laughs> I'm sorry, David. I mean, David Bentley. I do. do you remember the time? Uh, I might have been when Rednat was at Spurs. He, did he pour water over him? Or something that was caught on camera, and uh, Redknapp was absolutely raging. And you just saw Bentley dancing, and you thought, "I don't know how you've got much of a future in the game, sir. Retired at twenty nine. He, he did, he did. He had a lot of talent when he was younger. Um, he had no idea how to uh, channel it, though. Yeah, um, I think how he should be a- going to David Bentley. Uh, why
0: not? Okay, listen, we're, we're a football podcast, um, but no. In fact, uh,
1: favourite Celtic
0: character character from like that you've seen from a Celtic point of view? Maybe not necessarily the best player, um, but a player, a, a someone, uh, player that kind of stood out as like a kind of steel. Like for me, like I love John Hughes. I think John. Right. Was, he's the sort of, maybe not blessed with the greatest amount of technical ability, but he was just a f- kind of old-fashioned footballer. But he seemed to actually have a sort of character about him and seemed like he's good. I mean, I think he would, he, it was on, like, the 20-Minute times and stuff. So you should check that out. Yeah.
1: And um, he talks for days. Just seems a bit of a character, you know? Sort of a who's your favourite cult hero, if you will, for, yeah. for Celtic. I mean, Hughes is a guy who, uh, you know, he was kind of the the a perfect example of a solid defender you know he wasn't great he probably couldn't have played at a higher level but he did he did a great job scored a, an equaliser at Ibrox uh, back in the day when points at Ibrox were pretty hard to come by crucial Um. But yeah yeah John Hughes who would that you have sprung that one on there Chris who who would I like Mark, Mark McNally no <laughs> uh, <laughs> don't know think um, we'll, Mark McNally listens to the podcast <laughs> I hope, I hope so.
0: He had a cracking headband. We've, we've mentioned him a few times over the years. <laughs> cracking uh, headband?
1: Um, probably. I'll go for Jack oh. Um Just. He, he was what he was, wasn't he? Um, he similar to David Bentley, he had a lot of talent, but he also liked a lot of talent up the town and a few bevies, so he probably never fulfilled. His potential. His potential. Because I'm sure he went to Bristol City. Football Focus, don't you? You know, on a Saturday morning, I think they did a, a series of uh, cult heroes on Football Focus, and I think um, whoever was on chose him for Bristol City and said the exact same things about Why? What, what, yeah. what happened at Celtic. I think he started a house and fire and it didn't quite work out, but you could see when he was on form, you know, he was... The like, man. ...a bit of a player, but... <laughs> Uh, Aye, I'll go for him.
0: Yeah, tweet is, um if you're listening to the podcast and you've got a suggestion for your sort of favourite. Uh, you've nailed it, cult sort of hero, whether it's a Celtic one or, you know, another one. Well, another one for me would be Mario Basler. Uh, Mario Basler. Fantastic. A name I've not heard for a while. Fantastic player.
1: Um, utter bell end of a guy, but kind of cool um, and fun. Were we talking about this last night in terms of, it might not have been you I was talking with, but the game changing being more about fitness and stuff, and you don't get. I think the, the term we used was Mavericks. Malatassi, uh, aye, we Was it? Was it you? I was I don't, it? I don't Letizia, think it was Is probably the last one. Would you say? Uh, probably it's in the m- terms of that level of success. I mean, he was. Well, he he played right up to the two th- early two
0: thousands. So
1: yeah, but in terms of
0: that, no. That's why. That's why I'm backing aye. up
1: the, your, your claim that he probably was one of the last ones. Malatassi probably wouldn't. Play at the top level of the English game now. Is that harsh to say? I mean, I, I know he had a lot of ability, but in terms of his, his work great and his, his conditioning... He didn't have any work rate? No, he, he didn't. I don't think he had any conditioning I, either. I mean, I mean he, he got by on phenomenal technique. and.
0: I mean, Chick Charlie would be another one from a Scottish football perspective, who, Chick if
1: he, if he'd actually kind of, you know,
0: focused, then he could have, you know, really developed into a, a fantastic... And he's, he, I don't get me wrong, he's already a cult sort of hero in yeah. terms of, like famously Larson giving the ball to him etc but yeah he play f-
1: I, he f- I played for Celtic against Man United I think in a testimonial I think Christian Daly played for us that day as well what yep somebody should be able to confirm that
0: can anyone confirm that Christian Daly played for Celtic in a two testimonial was it Was it? I down
1: in it? It was Manchester wasn't it I think so I think it was the same game I'm su- I'm, al- I'm almost certain that Daly did play for us in one uh, testimonial I want to see Brian McClure eh uh, good shout could have been so what would that have been about 93-94 that might be about right Joke, Chris. It's a
0: terrific shout. I'm, I'm terrific at shouting. Uh, so the, the the question from just moving on. Aye. So tweet us at ninety minutes cynic uh, with your kind of favourite cult heroes, whether it's Celtic or you know internationally or just in general. Um, also tweet us if if it was in fact. But I mean we could Google it. But it's ah, better. You, you better have, audience participation. Aye, you fucking do it. <laughs> All right. You fucking do it. Um, But the question we've got, um, as I say, it was related back to uh, Jamie's um, article today. It's from Mr. Ben the Tim. Is Scott Brown the greatest captain since Caesar? Also, does he not get the respect he deserves due to lack of competition domestically? I think that last point's quite interesting. And it's something I think that's been debated over the last few years, and it'll it'll continue to be to be debated uh, what's your take on that
1: well since since McNeil who have you got who are the candidates you've got to say Roy Aiken, Danny McGrain Paul McStay Paul Lambert Paul Lambert yeah
0: Tom Boyd stop nine in a row Boyd, in fact
1: I'd, I'd, I'd forgot about them two in terms that was going to list in terms of success trophies won if, if you're if you're doing it solely as that then you know he's in the conversation. You could you could make an argument for for him being in terms of influence on the team. Um, maybe I because I mean what he does, what he brings to the team when he's on form in terms of driving us forward really can't be understated. I think when he chucks it, I think he'll be different, difficult to replace just because of the attributes that he's got. That um, do you think he's the f-
0: most? Sorry, jump in, but do you think he's the most irreplaceable player on
1: the team? It's hard to say, but I think we'll only know when he goes. I I, 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 mean, it's those qualities in terms of is he the greatest passer? No. Technically, is he um, the greatest? No. Is he a great tackler? No. <laughs> is he great? at shooting, He is shy, isn't he? <laughs> Is he great at shooting? No. But There's, he's got what he brings. I mean, he, he can do. He, he, he can pass to a certain level, but what he brings in terms of passion, drive, and everything makes up for a lot of his deficiencies, do you know? Yeah. I mean, technically, when you're comparing it with a guy like McGrain, who maybe not by the time the 80s came or, or you know, when he was, when he was, you know, the, towards the, the the end of his career, but at one point, you know, he was the best, one of the best fullbacks in the world. Yeah. Um, Paul McStay... Doing
0: a tierney, playing on the wrong side of... Uh- his position Aye, was to it, was it, sandy
1: jarden jarden it was wasn't yeah. it the the i mean he was adaptable he could he could do that um you've got on McStay. in terms of you know ability and stuff like that you know McStay, we, we, we've talked about how we, how highly we rate paul McStay and stuff like that but when you look at his trophy haul as captain one trophy, um i suppose if you need to take successful captains and you know success into account then that counts against McStay. Boyd, again. He wasn't successful until the latter part of his career as, as club captain when he was um captain. who stopped nine in a row.
0: Yeah, it, ten it, in a row. Sorry,
1: it was. But you know, I, that was towards the end. I mean, by the time he was, he was, he was club captain when we won the treble under a new But he wasn't ah. playing. He really, you know what I mean. So I mean, there is an argument for it. I would tend, to, uh, I would tend not to say it. I, I don't know. There's just something to me that, that says. There was other guys who were more important in our history. Uh, Yeah, I mean... I uh, don't know if that's fair on him, but that's just my gut feeling and I'm kind of, I go go with it. If you, I I think if you kind of
0: transpose certain players, so Paul McStay, if you put Paul McStay in this team, would he be more of an influence than Scott Brown? He's certainly a better player. We're yeah. not questioning the ability because Paul McStay is one of the most graceful footballers mm-hmm. I've ever seen, no doubt about it. Um it just time of when he was, you know, at his peak kind of trans obviously we all know the story of fucking know what I mean. All <laughs> the teams and all, all that. Uh but just how how in terms of where the club was and, you know, yeah. where we were finishing. If you put Paul McStay in that Celtic team, does the tilt team right now. And you put Scott Brown and the Celtic team that struggled in the nineties. Would one bring something to
1: the, would that one team that the other wouldn't? Well, one thing that McStay you wouldn't you wouldn't say McStay was. I mean, don't get me wrong; he could be hard. McStay. I think that's something that he's not generally known for. But he's not the type of guy who would go in like Scott Brown to get a team g'd up. I think that Rangers team were built on physicality. Um, during the, the early part of the nineties, you know, yeah. Stuart
0: McCall, Ian
1: Ferguson, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, don't you can't deny they had some footballers who could play football, but they also had guys, you know, who would boot you up and right, John Brown and guys like the, you know, bomber uh, of the what do you call that the utilitarian adverts <laughs> during these days, but these guys just booted you up and down the park. They were built a lot of, of their their success was built on that. Brown would be more like that. If you if you brought him into, um if you took him back into the nineties, if you brought McStay up just now, I think a lot of what Scott Brown brings is, is that he gets Celtic. Although he might have not grown up as a Celtic yeah. fan, he gets it now, and I think that that kind of comes over in, in his performances. McStay would bring that as well because McStay is from a Celtic dynasty. Mc- McStay is Celtic. Yeah, yeah. I, I think he would bring that, and I think that would show on the park, but. I mean, this is all hypothetical. This could just all just be crap. What we're talking yeah, about yeah, I know. But, but yeah, you could you could see how you know the, if you if you transpose them and stuff like that. I suppose in terms of is he the most is he the best Celtic captain? Well, you have to define what you mean by best. But I suppose you can you definitely have to make a case for him. Ability wise, no, no. absolutely not. In terms of success, yes. So my, my my gut reaction is there's other captains that, are more, that have been more important and better. But, you know, I wouldn't argue if people thought that. I, 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 I Sat right in the fence with that one. I know.
0: I, I, personally, I, I think he has probably, he probably has more influence over this team than a lot of captains in the past. And that's why I can understand why people would make the case for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and as we talked about, when he's not going to be in that team, how is it going to affect us? And See, That's the
1: worry. Yeah, but I mean, he, even over his, when did we sign him? 2008? So that's coming up for what, it's two, ten,
0: ten years, two thousand and seven. This is his ten year. Two thousand and
1: seven, right? Okay. There's been large periods of his career where he's been questioned. Oh, you know, it's it's not By like, us. Let's let's <laughs> Let's not talk about ten years of unbroken dominance and success for Scott Brown. There's been repeated calls for him to, to drop, to be dropped, or to be removed from the team. When he first came, that was certainly the case. Um, they ended up the season after that. They they ended up bringing. Um, Uh, They had Hartley and Robson in the middle because, I think, were they playing him with Donati? Yeah. Was it Donati? I can't remember. But, you know, he wasn't having the effect on the team. There was at one point where Strachan was actually playing him wide right. Yeah. Because he he wasn't influencing through the middle.
0: I remember I was at the the Copenhagen game at home, he played him as like a false nine. Yeah. um, Just off the kind of thing. And I think it was a case of, he's got an engine, um, he can run at people, he can put people under pressure but he of yeah. play central mid. M- Mowbray played him up front once. <laughs> I
1: don't remember, was it? did they not play him up? It was uh, Dynamo Moscow. That's right. He we brought we, him on we as we a lost. substitute and played him up front.
0: Because like we, we lost at home and then we won we away. We 2-0 away. Um, um,
1: so I, I suppose, I mean, he's played his best football last season and he's continuing, he sh- maybe not quite the heights of last season, it's still early, but I suppose Rodgers has brought out um, a massive... Uh, Improvement in his, his, his form of the recent years. Um, so, aye, okay, we'll give him his due. <laughs> I've, 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 I've had my say on it. Now. Yeah. Uh,
0: do you, finally, just on that that point, just to finish off, do you think he gets a lot? I think there's a lack of respect due to the lack of competition domestically.
1: Yeah, that. I mean, in terms of wider respect, certainly not in the Celtic um, f- uh, fan base, but wider respect. Aye, he's never going to get the credit that he deserves he des- he maybe he deserves i um i
0: think if you look like what happened when uh, scotland brought him back in the influence he had in that scotland team mm. um i think if you look at the influence he has uh when we play in the champions league mm. um yeah he's, he is he, he does uh, as we've said it, it's, a, it's it's almost an unanswerable question mm-hmm. um but it's one that if you did sit down and kind of crunch the numbers from every aspect he would be right up there amongst it he's not Paul Lambert but don't fuck it. well
1: we never spoke about Lambert um and I suppose the early 2000s the wave of success that we had under a Neil I mean that can't be understated you know the dominance of Rangers and then taking over and then the subsequent success in Europe I mean the thing is, towards the end of Anil's time, Lambert's legs went, so we probably only got a really influential Paul Lambert for a couple of seasons under Anil. I'd say four
0: seasons overall.
1: Aye, probably, um, if you're including before. Yeah. Uh, Anil, aye. I, I would say that Anil's first couple of seasons, he played a a, a, a huge role, but it's that longevity. You, you, you know, you, Lambert he suffers for that because you didn't get him at that level yeah. for any length of time. because he was winning the European Cup.
0: Well, fair enough. <laughs> but yeah, um, alright, so interesting question. It's again something we can come back to. If you've got any questions or points that we've made or something you want to add to the conversation, tweet us at 90 minutes Um B- Bowd
1: agrees. Oh, I, can, I can probably Bouda. speak for Bowd even though he's not here.
0: Uh, Bowd is Scott Brown, best captain of all time.
1: Aye! Right, okay, very good.
0: Uh, anyway, so last night, the Nick Cave concert. No. <laughs> um, we we both came back from that gig and we both watched the, the Celtic game. Yeah. Uh, and I, I thought... It was quite interesting. I I found it an interesting experience watching a Celtic game in Europe without the pressure. Yeah. I think I maybe saw stuff, um in fact I don't doubt I saw stuff because I was more relaxed watching it. Mm. Um so when we were at the queue, um to get into the concert, uh there was a lot of the the what, so the Ninety Minute Cynic WhatsApp was, was going crazy and the main guy who was getting criticism was in charm. Mm-hmm. Um So we'll get to him in a second. Uh, But what are your thoughts on the game overall?
1: Well, as you you rightly say, the the WhatsApp was going mad, talking about how badly we were playing. But obviously going up the road and watching the first half, what was really apparent was we still weren't under any pressure. I mean, we were misplacing passes, really simple passes for the first, what, half an hour at least. Um, And Cham really... He looked like a rabbit in the headlights, which he did against PSG. Again, again uh, PSG is a different again. matter. Uh, there's guys, there's guys who were been around the block who looked as bad as he I did. Know. But that was the thing you seen that they were look nervy in possession. Well, passes were going astray. It really, it it looked like Celtic away from home in Europe. But they were so impotent. They were really what, what we didn't look. I mean when thinking back in the game i can barely remember them mustering a shot they, they
0: they two i think they had two or three shots and they were all offside yeah um no no there was one great save from gordon Did but they know, i
1: think i think just after we scored they came up the park and, and it was a fairly comfortable save yeah. um but that that's the one thing that struck me at the time watching it i imagine you were god oh, jesus oh you know, no not Aye, but we didn't have that intensive pressure on us like we normally would have against a Champions League quality team. Um,
0: and they are, by the way. Let's not be under any illusions. And they like to win the Belgian League, which a lot of people would say this is stronger than the Scottish League. I don't know. I don't watch enough of, um, of Belgian football. Um, but it's certainly <laughs> ranked higher.
1: Well, they were, they were just picked in the quarterfinals last season by Man United. By the eventual winners. Um, who, yeah, who went on to win it. I think they lost... Was is it Tillman? Yeah, he um, went to Ajax, I want to say. Was it? I'm not sure where he went to, but I know he was really influential for them last year. Yeah. Season. But I, I don't know how many other players they lost. And the fact, what they looked like last night in terms of their league position as well, losing one player shouldn't have that much of an effect on them. No. But certainly, they looked, even when we were misplaced in the pass, uh, passes and stuff like that, we still seem to have so much of the ball. It was, it was we were still kind of, in possession of things we just were pretty bad at, in terms of stringing any sort of football together that was that was the one thing that that, that really struck me despite our uh, deficiencies we weren't really threatened by them in the first half.
0: how much of that is to do with us being uh, just better on, I'm not saying we're better overall just better on the night
1: possibly um, but as I say we don't watch Belgian football so I don't know how much of a team in disarray they actually are yeah Um their league position obviously says that you know they're not firing in the cylinders they were last season, but um, you know certainly they didn't they, they didn't look they didn't look confident. You know, no. Uh,
0: um, I I thought the first you know it's funny because again you know there are certain people can tweet and stuff when they're watching the football, I I can't, can't, I'm not a big social media guy, I try to focus on the game, if it's a European game, I'm not going to kid on, I'm not, I'm a big shite bag, it doesn't matter who we're playing, I just panic every time Celtic lose possession, I'm not like a football analyst who can be like, well we're pressing in the second trimester turgent bit and we're breaking the lines and blah 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 and it's fine, I'm a massive shite bag, I get so nervous whenever Celtic don't have the ball, so... To transpose that again, last night with my chippy uh, watching the Celtic game, when people were talking about how badly we were, like the first half an hour, we were fucking dreadful. We were we were we were bad. We misplaced misplaced passes, but we weren't
1: dreadful. I don't think. I think I think we 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 covered. Every time we lost the ball, we won it back. I think, and I also think our, our centre halves, especially didn't look troubled I thought that. I mean they, they were rightly praised uh, sorry Jozo and uh, um, Boyata were rightly praised for, praised for the performance last night and I suppose even when we were poor in possession they, they looked reasonably comfortable at the back um, but I, as you saw I mean we, we certainly built on that I mean once we got the goal which we can kind of talk about in, in more detail shortly once we got the goal you know it kind of kicked on from there and then from uh, you know in, in the second half we started to look like a comfortable football team who believed in themselves being in the league. You know?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, just a kind of minor point, a couple of points before we move on um, to the actual individuals and the
1: goals. Uh, Kieran Tierney. Yes. and it? That's it. Just well, Kieran Tierney. You see him, he's doing it now and he's doing it at a high level. And I've seen Gerard talking about him as well. You know, you've got guys who. Are, well, I wouldn't say Gerard's particularly dismissive of Scottish football, but there's guys who are dismissive of our game talking about Tierney, talking as, him up, yeah, as a real, a real foot, you know, a real top-class football player. He just continues to get better. Talking about the PSG game, I and mean, when he was up against Mbappé, and some people criticised him. Now, don't get me wrong; nobody really covered themselves in glory that night. But I thought he contained him as well as he could, as yep. well as you could contain, you know. <laughs> One of the hottest properties in world football. Yeah, I, but even that that, I saw the way he was standing off him when he wasn't giving him room. And you could see Tierney's thinking at a different level from some other players. And then last night, you saw that he just—I mean, you know—the pass from and and the and the run in the ball for 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 Griffiths. It just—it just looked like a top-class fullback. Yeah. A really, really classy fullback.
0: Did you? Did they remind you of Oliver Lamb? when he first broke through at the Byron team because that's who reminded me of. Lamb? Well, I, 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 I'm talking about when he first kind of broke through. Right. Um, obviously, kind of took a kind of step back and he wasn't as uh, rambunctious a uh, kind of forward-thinking full-back as he, wo- as, as he was at the start. But certainly, um, to me, he looks, his positioning is unquestionably fantastic. Mm. Um, his delivery into the box is f- f- Tosh McKinley-esque. Oh, Tosh. What a left back. <laughs> um, <laughs> And his running off the ball, um, it, you know they always talk about you know the the best. How can you tell a great footballer? And as you were saying there about how he covered Mbappe, it's not what he, does, what he does with the ball; it's what he does when he doesn't have the ball. Mm-hmm. And for me, Tierney quantifies how good a player he is by what he does off the ball. Yeah. Um, I thought yeah, there was a, there was a period yesterday, and this again, this is something I, I probably wouldn't have noticed when I dinged it. He lost the ball. He made a bad pass. And within two, you could see the determination and the anger that he'd made a mistake. Mm-hmm. Track back, side swipes the guy. Mm-hmm. Legally takes the ball, but he, instead of pa- a lot of players in that position would be like, "I've won the ball back. I've got the cheer from the fans. Give it to the midfield. It's fine." But you could see him like, "No, I need to make amends." Yeah. and he thinks differently. He thinks the determination within the young man, I think, is first rate.
1: Well, you hear the right things about his attitude to training and, and things like that. And, but what I like about him as well is so many of modern players um, who've played wing-back or full-back have really been, you know, failed wingers, if you will. You know, they've got some level of attack and prowess, but defending's always been their weak point. I don't think that's the case for Tierney. His positioning's good. Really tough in the tackle. Yeah, um, get it. We saw him at the weekend against Rangers. I can't remember who it was, but... You who know, fucking kills? It, uh, he went through. And... Uh, Tough but fair, great tackle, left him lying in a heap. Yeah. Um, so, so it's it, it, it's it's not like I mean he's good he's a he's great at going forward, but he's also a great defender. Um, so it's it, it's almost like he's a proper fullback as opposed to just uh, you're really fast and you can get up and down all day. So we'll stick you on the on the left or the right hand side.
0: We were, we were talking uh, in the pub yesterday about and you made the kind of. It's the whole ideal of what makes success. How can a British team be successful in European football? Mm-hmm. Now we're not necessarily talking about British football as a whole now because British football doesn't exist. English, English, English league and English players are miles away. Yeah, um, A lot of them don't have an English identity. I like to think that Celtics still have a Scottish identity or a, you know, they play okay, they're, they're kind of evolving their thingy but we've got a lot of Scottish players. We basically have the Scottish national team yeah, as a nucleus for example. Um, but What you said in the pub was sometimes... You, you need to look back. Well, I, you, sometimes you have to look back to look forward. Mm. That Liverpool team that won the, the all those European Cups and dominated um, European football, uh, sure, they had talent, they te- had technique, and they'd skill, mm-hmm. but they still had that level of hardness about yeah, them. Yeah, and yeah. they still had that level of dig. O'Neill's teams, still had that level of dig. Now, I saw people sh- uh, tweet sharing uh, Tierney's tackle on Neymar and being like, this isn't the side of the game that we want to see. Um, uh, but it is, but. You need a mix of both. Because t- Tierney isn't just that. Mm-hmm. But by having both, it goes up a level.
1: Well, there's that as well. And it's it, it it's a typical st- Scottish trait or a British trait if you're going to talk about in terms of football. And it's almost kind of derided to an extent because more recently there's been a... a since Barcelona, really, I think it's yeah, like... Yeah, the fluidity of football. Yep. And, and how backward Scottish and English football can be in terms of, of, of tactically and stuff like that. But... You know, it, it's a trait that can be added to playing football. It's something that should have been more apparent in the PSG game. Now, when you seen Ralston, was it was at Ralston's tackle yeah. you were talking about. Ralston going through the back of Neymar, that should have happened in five minutes. Now, I'm not saying we should have run about booting them, but we should have been in their faces and stopping them. Because, see, if you just try and play football <laughs> against PSG, you could be 5 0 at home. <laughs> That's what happened. Yeah. You need. And we're not compact enough to just shut up shop and sit sit back. No. So you need to make them uncomfortable as a as, as a sort of a leveler, and and I, that's not fouling them. No, not. And uh, don't get me wrong, you're obviously going to foul
0: them now and again. Uh-huh. But it is. Uh, you've made the perfect. For me, you made the perfect point there. You need to make them uncomfortable. Yes. PSG were never uncomfortable. Yeah. PSG never felt harried or harassed. <laughs> um, Anderlecht certainly did. Yep. Anderlecht Couldn't have any time On the ball Because mm-hmm. we We basically said This is our ball And we're, we're going to Dictate to you The pace of the game yeah. They played like A counter attack in away team mm-hmm. um, And they, they set up Like the away team Yeah, yeah. And yeah. they wanted to Hit us in the Counter attack yeah. And that's I think Where would you put this In terms of Victories in Europe In
1: it, terms of In our era Shall you say Like post the new Yeah post the Aye okay That's a perfect way To put it up Champion, Champions League era That's Champions probably League. the best way It's probably uh, you got to say it's top five. I would say because it's in terms of doing what we did away from home, knowing our away away record in the Champions League, it's quite remarkable actually. Um, It's not something that I mean. This is the second away win Champions League when we beat Spartak Moscow. You know, it was a last-minute header from Samaras, and it was fantastic. But after a very nervy 30 minutes, let's say first half, in the second half, we started to look like a composed European team. You know, you still seem to think that there's a a weakness, a, a mental weakness with us when we go away from home. We certainly showed that in the first half. But in the second half, we played like we should, if you know what I mean. And... For us to do that showed a lot of character. And, and I think... don't want to kind of jinx it, but it could be the turning point for us away from home. It should be something that we look to build on, as opposed to going away and thinking, let's just go to your Nick Cave gig because uh, <laughs> we're going to get pumped tonight. anyway, <laughs> you know?
0: Um, would you see it as almost a blueprint?
1: No, I, I think we also need to pay a bit of cognizance to how poor and were Now, I know some of the... the, the, the the press and the hacks came out saying that this morning, and, and it was called as sour grapes, and rightly so. But we aren't going to go away in the Champions League and batter everyone three. Night. Batter everyone and three. Night. Have percent. and have it all our own way. Um, yeah, but we. C- I think we should be looking to do that against some teams. Do you know what I mean? Oh, massive explosion outside, but I'm sure it's fine. Probably fireworks or something. yeah. Uh, uh, I hope, but anyway, um, see in terms I mean, let's take the Astana game, we should have done that against Astana, yeah. because after what we did to them in the first leg, we should have went away there and dominated like we did in the home leg, now I know in terms of the goals we had and the goals we scored over there were at important times, but we should have went over there with no fear and played like we did in the second half last night, but again it's this mental weakness in terms of travelling. Hopefully that's what we can do. We ain't going to be able to do it against PSG or Bayern Munich, um, but teams like Anderlecht, that level below, we need to have confidence in what we can do, and that's what we should be looking to do.
0: With that point about, Astana at home. a stand away. In fact, no. Let me let me make another point. Um, in isolation, if you just take away. Um, you know what what the, it meant in terms of the group, and uh, I am talking about not just this one game. I am talking about all the Champions League games we've actually had. Yeah, uh, I think it might be the best ever. Um. I'm, and 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 people will turn around and say, "Well, we beat." You know, I am talking about one of the best ever performances. We uh-huh. beat and see when we beat elect at home with Liam Miller scoring that goal. Mm-hmm. That to me was phenomenal, right? Mm-hmm. See when we beat Leon. In Parkhead as well, again phenomenal. Uh, we lost away, obviously. We've had some uh, tremendous results, but we were never coming off a five-nil hammering. That's, well, that's why. That's why I think this result stands a little bit higher because we were all very fearful.
1: No, it, it does show great character. But you, you mentioned the Leon game, for instance. That was a Leon team who regularly played in the latter stages of the Champions League. You had Giannino Pernambucano, free-kick expert, you know, you had, uh, uh, what's his name, Doris who was yeah. playing in the middle for the Vinny. They were a great team. They, they were, were a yeah. great team. And that night at Celtic Park, you know, some of the passing movements uh, as well for... Um, the that cho- actual... That cho- was, was it Miller's goal? Liam Miller's header? I thought that was against Anderlecht, but I might be wrong. He scored... No, he scored against Anderlecht. It was... Hartson nodded it down for him and he crashed it in with
0: he, oh, was Is it his header against Anderlecht that had the 20-odd
1: passes? I think it was, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah so it was, Larson yeah. cut inside and crossed it. That was the most mature European performance in the Champions League for me. Overall, I think we looked like we could mix it with latter-stage Champions League teams at that point.
0: And then we didn't, but...
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> but we were really unlucky in those days because... It, we just couldn't win. Couldn't they buy a fucking one away from home? Oh, well, I mean, two each over in uh, in Leon and um, Baldi's hand ball and stuff like that. I mean, and then, obviously... Headman
0: the, and goal for uh, the Juninho. Was it Juninho had a shot from about 45... And don't get me wrong, we can't underestimate how amazing his you know technique was at shooting, but had a shot from about 45 yards that went through Headman's hands. Yes, yes. Uh, okay, um, you mentioned uh, Dedrick, uh, the D-man. Mm-hmm. And, eh, Jozo. Um, Derek at the boy Moz. Can we just take a couple of minutes to applaud Boyata? He's genuinely unrecognisable to the panicky mess that we signed. What a turnaround. There's a few of these comments. I'll try and get a couple more. Um, in fact, Andrew Noble tweets, uh, we're magic next. (laughs) Which I thought was pretty funny. um. At incognito1955, Jozo as well, he's a at, um, um in our defence. And then there's a lot of kind of comments about um, Jozo and Boyata from Oisin uh, Crawford as well. Um, so, thoughts on their partnership? Is this um, is this it in terms of for the rest of the
1: season if they're both fit? They're the best we've got. Um, I think both of them are better than Sviachenko. Yeah, uh, I think I called
0: Siyachenko, but... I
1: uh, bet you're also putting out the feelers about Jozo. You're trying try, try to play him down, don't think? I've not noticed that. Uh,
0: well, see, when I said in the pub I think Jozo's shite last night before the game, was that maybe...
1: I don't remember you saying I that. Didn't I didn't see it. Uh, exactly. Yeah, there you go. See? lying. It's so fake news. Jozo, I mean, Boyata, I think they called it right, the panicky mess. That's always in my head. I, I, I still look at Boyata and think, you're not good enough for us because of that. Probably wrongly though, because he's 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 not really. I mean, the semi final last the season before last against uh, Rangers, him and Brown was just so deplorable. I was just, in fact, we were calling for Brown to, to you know to be papped out the club, but we didn't even bother saying that about him because we just assumed, assumed he, would, he would be gone. But last night the two of them were absolutely superb, and you've got to say that his performances have been you know of a really high standard last season. The proof in the po- proof is always in the pudding. In terms of of, of European football, is because he sort of came in a bit later on last season. I don't think he started. He off He didn't come
0: in until January last season. Did they they not, he not? came in. He came in he, against he, Stirling Albion in the Scottish Cup. Did he not? A couple of games him.
1: in December. Regardless, yeah. it was the latter half of the season when he came in. Um, we had the, the the famous quote about him being on the exercise bike at midnight and stuff like that. That's right. Um, but. Obviously, he missed the PSG game because he was still injured, but he came back in pretty much, um, you know, just kind of thrown in. He didn't have much game time before this. No,
0: he did a Dundee game where he looked really, really nervous and shaky. Yeah. I think that was due to the fact that it was his first game back. Yeah, yeah. Obviously played against Rangers, and we'll touch upon that game in a minute. Um and he f- was fine.
1: Mm-hmm. He was he was fine against Rangers. But he looked I mean he, he looked really composed last night um, as the Jozo. the, the two looked like a proper centre half pairing. That's exactly it. To temper it a little bit again, you need to say and Lex attack wasn't particularly threatening. we a different story when we play Bayern Munich and we play uh, PSG in, in France. But you can only. Beat what's in front of you—that old cliche—and last night he was absolutely superb.
0: Um, I, I, I agree. I have given, um, I've given. I, I, Jozo sometimes frustrates me. Um, I think is again has sometimes he kind can, can get caught out of position. Mm-hmm. Um, happened a couple of times against PSG, but we'll f- forgive that. Um, I, I, I think you've na- nail on the head. They look like a part, and that the reason he might get caught out of position and. <coughs> In certain times, previously is because he's not had a consistent partner. Yeah. So I think Jozo Samarinovic genuinely needs like a, sort of a, like a let in terms of you know his performances. Aye. When you have when you have someone who you know where they're going to be, you know what they're going to cover, you know how they're going to play, you know how to support them, which seems to be what he had with Boyata. At the end of last season, mm-hmm. um, and hopefully what he can have for the rest of this season. So I, I thought yesterday you, you've you've hit the nail on the head. I thought they were a partnership. Yeah, um, am I comparing them to Costa Cutter and Beresi? No, because they are different players from different time. W- it
1: would be good if you
0: could nah, compare them. Um, but no, I think I think they deserve praise. Uh, let's not go overboard though,
1: as you say, because. Um, I think as Celtic fans we're guilty of that. It's oh, either, we do it's time. either amazing or off <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's no it is it's somewhere in the middle. We got we had a fantastic performance last night against an opponent playing at a level that we should be able to do that. Um if we don't take any points from the next three games, which is entirely possible, um let's not go down to plum the you know, get down to the depths of despair here because, you know, we're playing against teams who are you know... So far ahead. Yeah, in terms of finances, in terms of players in the park.
0: Um, with the Anderlecht result yesterday, if Anderlecht and Celtic have the same results against Bayern Munich and PSG, and, and that they lose, um, as, long as, PA, as long as Anderlecht don't beat us by four goals, we'll qualify for the last group stages. For the last Europa League, sorry.
1: Yes, no, I know. I
0: know. So... Here's the thing, we'll get to a little bit of predictions because I'm a bit excited about um, upcoming stuff. Uh, Michael, got to give Brendan lots of respect for sticking with Cham last night. Patience shown for him and Paddy just shows the faith he has in them. Um, Cham, as we see, he had an opening, a dodgy opening uh Sort of a couple of minutes, mm-hmm. t- maybe 20 25 minutes. Uh, but he got got composure, mm-hmm. composed himself. Um, phenomenal through ball for tierney. Um, Fantastic. so that's it's not an, an assist, it's a, an assist of an assist. Was it a second assist? secondary assist or some or right. some
1: something like that? Wish Christian was here for that. If Christian was here, he would be able to give us the extremely exciting definition of that.
0: Do we put a lot of pressure on these guys A, because they're foreign? B, because they come in for maybe a a little bit more money than they normally would. And C, because, you know, he's kind of our star summer signing. Because Cham's only 21.
1: That's what I was going to say. People are forgetting his age. Forgetting the fact that, okay, he spent some time at Genoa last season, but he's not um, consistently played first-team football. You know, clearly he's an extremely uh, talented footballer. You know, he's playing for France under-21s. A star studied France under 21 yep. squad. Let's, I mean, they're, they're full squads, jam packed with fantastic players as well. But what we need to remember is this the PSG game, let's just kind of put that to one side because it was that depressing to watch. But last night was certainly his first Champions League level, a game away from home where he's expected to be a main player for a club with a support that's got real expectations it can get to you. It can get to you if that's the case. And let's be honest, for the first half an hour, he certainly wasn't alone. I mean, some of the passes that Lustig was making and, and stuff, that's where somebody like Brown should be, you know, kind of stepping in. But Celtic away from home in Europe, things aren't always going to be that straightforward. But, we bought him to keep possession and for his range of passing. Now, we said that last night, we were saying, that's what we bought him for. We bought this guy to make a difference in Europe. Yeah. But, with hindsight, you should be a bit more patient with the guy. He's only 21. He's not got all that experience yet, and he's going to get it by playing in these games. As you say, showed real character to come back from that opening half an hour. The quality, of the pass that he played through to Tierney. We probably don't have another midfielder that could play a pass, you know, as as well as that. Yeah. So you've got to see what his attributes are, and maybe be a bit more patient than than we are. Four million quid, I I know that's a lot of money for us, but he's just a kid and he's developing and he'll get better.
0: Yeah, I think we've we've certainly bought potential as much as anything else. Uh it's funny because, you know, twenty five year old uh James Forrest. Twenty six twenty six year old James Forrest, uh if he makes a mistake in Europe, it's you know, he's still young. I mean I've heard people say that. He's still young, you We James and don't get me wrong, James Forrest probably does get too much flack at times. Mm. Um, probably takes more flack uh, than certain people. Um, I don't buy into the whole boo-boys thing. People get fl- flack because they're not performing. Mm. Everyone wants Celtic players to do well, right? But it's kind of like, sometimes you play, a, like again, that sort of, oh, Stuart Armstrong, he's only 24. It's like, hey, Cham's only 21. I think... So let's, you know, rein in the criticism of him. And I'm not saying that people are going overboard with criticism, because he's got a lot of praise that he stuck stuck to his task and he actually ended up having a decent game. Um, but I just think we need to remember his age and yeah. his experience.
1: It's funny you say that. I always think uh, your man that played for Aberdeen, Ian Jess, he always seemed to be the eternal, talented youngster. And then he got to about 32 and people went, no, he's no young <laughs> he's, yeah, he's, it was, it, there are some players that are like that in your mind. They're still, Peter Pan. Aye, they're still young players coming through even though they've played football for about 8 years and they they, they probably should have pressed on more than they did. Uh, Patrick Roberts, express your feelings.
2: It's
1: just wonderful. It's just... I a wee song last night. What's the Pat Roberts song? I can't remember, <laughs> I thought you might remember. It's to the tune of Starman, I can't remember it. But, um, the, guys, the, the guy is just an extremely talented footballer. Going back to the PSG game again, now, Roberts was completely starved of the ball because we weren't in any way much of an attacking threat, but see when he got the ball? Oh, he made stuff happen. No, he didn't. He tried to. two was. or three players around. <laughs> he tried, no, but he best. was marked out the game. He had two or three players around him. Emery had obviously singled him out and said he's their, he's their main man. And when he got the ball, um, he, he was crowded out and he couldn't do anything with it. But, he, they paid him that level of respect. Yeah. When you saw him last night, I mean, I mean, he's okay. You can't, probably can't say that's his goal. Um, I'm sure he would claim it, you know. But oh no, it's been given to him. It actually, has been. given to him. Oh, has it been given him? because yeah. it was on target, right? Okay. Well, you saw where he come. That's just what he wants to do. You get him that ball in the last, you know, final third, final third of the, of the pitch. He want what he wants to do is he wants to drive in and take a shot and goal, or as you seen on Saturday against Rangers he'll come inside and he'll play a ball. I mean, how many times has he played that ball? But you can't defend against it. Um, you might you think you you know when it's going to come, but yeah. you can never count on it. And it just splits the defence apart. Something that we'd been saying for a long time, since Nakamura left, we didn't have a player that could play balls like that. I mean, even Rogic can do it, Tam can certainly do it, but not to the same level or consistency that Roberts can do it. The only thing I'll say about Roberts is, it's only another year's loan and we're going to get through this dance again at the end of the season and you just wish he was our player because you know he's only going to get better and better yeah. and he's a joy to watch
0: in uh, my notes um, you can see my notes here Chris uh, yes. it says Pat Roberts dash defensive work
1: i seen yeah it's funny you mention that now, now you see it i seen him tracking back a lot more last he night he tracked
0: back on at, at, at least 4 or 5 big occasions yeah. to the point where he was at our byline yeah um, Yeah. And that's kind of a lot of the that time that's people's um case for putting James Forrest into the the field um that he, you know James Forrest will give you more defensive cover than Pat mm-hmm. and clearly uh Rogers, when Rodgers has been talking about how Pat Roberts can develop at Celtic. Mm-hmm. is this a side of him that maybe we're going to see a little bit more of?
1: possibly I mean I think that's overstated in terms of the defensive work it's it's we're a team who wants the ball uh and, 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 and thrives in possession um it is an important part of the game to an extent, but in terms of as, as an attacking threat and a team that's possessing the ball, you don't really want them tracking back. You want them further up the pitch. However, when it's called for, it's something. It's a side of the game that you know is certainly um, something that can be relied on. And it was it was good to see that last night because I think Rodgers demands that players. You need to work hard. You can't just live off your talent. Live off your talent. You need to work hard, and you can certainly see. It. Robert strikes me as a guy who's loving playing for Brendan Rodgers. Loving playing for the club. You know, because of the adulation and stuff like that. But he's he's playing under a great manager. As opposed to going, won't he? Peterborough. Oh, whatever, I um, Peterborough, that was a bit of a random pool there. but It was. Aye. Yeah, <laughs> weird. Were they in the championship? I don't even know. I think they're only one. Aye. But um,
0: he's happy playing for you.
1: For me? Jinky's doing it all for me. Aye.
0: Good. Uh, Griffiths put in another great shift.
1: He's Before the game, we'd obviously said, who would your line-up be? And I think we both said Dembele. If he was fit. Well, yeah, if he was fit. The reason for that is his hold-up play away from home in Europe. I think the ball was bouncing off Griffiths a lot. (laughs) Two or three times, yeah. Yeah. uh, Still a a weakness he's got compared to Dembele. PSG was quite... Nothing stuck to him. I, I mean especially when we were going long. I mean, see if you had them belly up there, you know, you've got a chance if you can hold it or bring down, um, you know, bring guys like Rojic into the game when he came on, things like that. Doesn't really... Griffiths has worked on it and he's better than he was, but it's still a weakness. He's good at running onto the ball, but when he's back to goal, he's not particularly good. However, the goal, his goal, it just summed him up. He just... I mean, obviously, we talked about the pass and Tierney's cross, but he just peeled off the, his these marker, with he just ghosted away from him, and then it was it, just one touch and at the back of the net. He's a deadly finisher. Yeah, and I think I read a wee an um, interview not long ago with Chris Davis. Yeah, he said when they came at the club, him and Rodgers identified Griffiths as somebody who could be a top player at any level. That that's what they seen right away when he came in, and I think you're seeing that there's attributes to his game that. You know, are probably lacking in terms of holding up the ball, but see in terms of, of finishing,
0: running right. in behind, um, his timing's excellent yeah. as well. Um, Deadly. I, but the point out, the point I was made, all good points. But I, he ran and in, himself into the ground. Yeah, yeah. And I just mean like the effort he put
1: in was was top. Well, that's me being negative again, back cynical. To, little back little. to the old days. <laughs> no, he, he did. He did. I, 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 sp- talking specifically about our performance in the first half. That was apparent about him, but in terms of his work rate and what he, you know, what he brings brings to the team.
0: In terms of the rest of the team, uh, just to finish off the Anderlecht uh, performance, uh, Tam, Tambo,la Tam Barino, the mm-hmm. Tammeister General, Tamington Steel. Yep. Um, what I, you know, my pre-match sort of um, choice uh, in terms for the team, I would have had Armstrong in there. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and it's a, it's more about running in European football, um, which is probably a backwards way of thinking. You know, you're away from home, you want to have a little bit more running, put them in a little, a little bit more pressure. Always maybe thinking that the game didn't pan out the way I thought, or how most of us thought, because we looked like the home team, and we had 63%, 60, mid-60% possession mm-hmm. um, at the end of the game. Um, so from that point of view, it didn't kind of pan out the way I thought it would. Yep. But from a counter-attacking point of view, I thought it would have been better for Armstrong to run beyond Griffiths yeah. to, you know, make that kind of like leg room. Um, how do you think Tom performed?
1: Wasn't his best game. Um, roderick has got deficiencies which I've mentioned before and we have mentioned in the podcast. Um, his positives kind of outweigh his negatives certainly, and he's he's a fantastic footballer technically. But sometimes games pass him by. Certainly in Europe. And I thought last night was one of them. I don't think he had uh, a huge influence on the uh, the overall game. The thing about our, Earth, our central midfield is you can't see what Rogers' first three is. You know what I mean? So, in, in terms of him not having a good game last night, you know, that's not to say he's not going to have a, a, a more positive influence on other games in the Champions League. Do you know what I mean? It, I think... Um, Munchen Gladbach away as well. I think he get taken off uh, earlier uh, last year. I think sometimes it's just he, d- he just doesn't, you know, manage to get a foothold in the game. Talking about last year against uh, Man City as well, you, you know, he get he get, t- he get take it, he, yeah. He ran him. He was great and he ran himself into the ground. You know what I mean? But last night was just one of those games. I I, I think Louis had said if he's fit he starts. I don't necessarily think that's the case. I think we've got so many options in midfield. It's choose who's gonna be uh who's gonna fit in on the night on the game. Do you and think last night was maybe one of those games that you you might not have played, Cam?
0: In terms of uh the squad, um it's the midfield is without doubt there's three positions, there's about seven players vying for th- like three positions. Yeah. Um if you have a bad game mm-hmm. you may not get back in the team. Well, you
1: might not, yeah.
0: But that's, that's obviously good. That's what you want. You want you want that level of competition. Yep. Whereas, you know, under a lot of the time under Neil, and a, a, certainly under Lennon and certainly under a lot of managers, I'm not picking on those two specifically, but it's a, a managerial
1: trait that they have their favourites. We, we said that last night about Neil. It took him a long time to trust players. Yeah. You know, you, you had a guy like McNamara who, towards the end of Neil's time, he did play, but a lot of the time and will never had him anywhere near the team and i think you build trust with him i think that's why a lot of his new signings over the you know his later years didn't make the impact, impact they could have because he kind of used to favor the old guard and and he wasn't you can see it as well he's not so good at phasing players out that have done well for him out yeah. you know? rogers doesn't seem to have that problem rogers is just comfortable switching you know the team about and i think part of that is Tactical because certain players will, will, will perform in certain ways against different teams. Um, I also think it's 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 just good management, you know, in terms yeah. of keeping players happy. fresh as well. Um, yeah. I
0: mean, it's you, we saw after the PSG game, the league game after that, that um, Tierney wasn't in the squad. Yeah, um, and I think that's that is kind of refreshing in a lot of ways. You know, I I always imagine if, if I always imagine being a football manager on the first day you come in and you look at the squad, I've always had that um, speech in my head where I would be like, you're a squad. It's not a team game, it's a squad game. Everyone will get their opportunity. Everyone will take a chance. But bitching or moaning about not getting your chance isn't going to be productive. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that sort of, let's all come together. And I really, really think, because... Martin O'Neill, you know, there's Ulrich Lursen came out and said that Martin O'Neill had, you know, I know we're going off on a bit of a tangent, but um, Ulrich Lursen said that Martin O'Neill had his favourites and guys like Paul Lambert and guys like Lennon didn't have to train as hard as, as to make a kind of comment, right, yeah. the outsiders. Mm-hmm. Um, so Lursen would be training 24 7, really try to get himself in shape and he wouldn't always get in the team, whereas Mialby comes back from injury and he's right in the team straight away. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Rodgers doesn't have that. I think Rodgers is like, well, this is who I'm picking. It doesn't matter who you are. Scott Brown, you're getting rested. Don't give a shit if you want to or not. You're getting rested. Griffiths, as soon as is back and starts scoring goals, Griffiths isn't going to play. We know that. And, and that's really unfortunate. The unfortunate fact is that we've got two very, very different strikers, but one striker pr- probably suits... The, the up top on his own better than the other I think Dembele probably suits that better than uh, for the, the attributes that you mentioned
1: yeah uh, probably but in saying, you're saying if Dembele comes back and starts scoring goals he you know Griffiths won't play maybe not he, would, he might not play in, in the Champions League maybe but you know, no, he'll, he'll, get, he'll still g- get game time you know yeah
0: he'll get game time but yeah. you know it, 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 I think Rodgers will pick his strongest team for whatever uh for whatever game it comes to, yeah. as you say. So, I mean, you're right, you will get game time, but yeah. I wonder if he, I wonder if he's going to get frustrated, though, because as much as you'll turn around and say, Lee Griffiths has really changed, and Lee Griffiths is selfless, and Lee Griffiths is part of the team, if Lee Griffiths isn't playing for... If Lee Griffiths plays two games in the space of two
1: months, yeah. or three games, he's not going to be happy. Yeah, but he's less likely to be unhappy under Rogers <laughs> for the reasons we've said, because, as you say, certain managers... Play their, you know, guys that have done the business for them, you know, without kind of thought for bringing other guys in. That sometimes happens. Rogers isn't like that. I think Griffiths is really, really keen. you always want to play, and that's what you want, you know. You seen how frustrated he was at the tail end of last season, getting taken off, and people were kind of calling time in his Celtic <laughs> career because he was, she was a wee bit, a wee bit over the top. But I think Rogers is aware of that, and I think he's very good at handling that so Griffiths might get frustrated at times but I think Rogers is the sort of guy who built to kind of temper him down a bit maybe it'll get to the stage where he's saying no wait a minute here you know I want to be playing that's probably also going to be tempered by the fact that the belly isn't going to be here long term like Griffiths is yeah you know?
0: uh, I've not mentioned Listig because he was phenomenal best player on the pitch man the match did you see the ball he played
1: <coughs> the to I can't even remember the, the just Looked up and played it straight to him under no pressure. Um, no, I don't remember that. Well, you and
0: it back in the fake game. news. It wasn't very good. Uh, no, but I thought he had a good game overall. Though I thought I thought they played as a as a unit with the back line. And yeah. you wouldn't you
1: wouldn't really fault anybody. No, I mean that. I mean let's
0: Set project.
1: <laughs> 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 just we're just doing that annoying Louis. Yeah. No, but I mean. We've nitpicked at bits and, and, and stuff like that because that's what you do when you're looking back at the game and you're trying to look at it... Uh,
0: from a cynical point of view. From a cynical mm-hmm. point of view.
1: But, man, just everything about that was just phenomenal. See the the feeling that the support have got? You heard the support. Um, the good the, the, After the PSG game to come back, there's just such a great feeling about it. It's almost like, no, we're not just a Diddy Scottish team. We're no. bossing teams here. We're a proper European team the feel good factor is, is up there right now you've got people as I say it's either awful or it's brilliant talking about finishing second in the group let's maybe, let's see how we do against Munich you know but just just now the feeling is you know we're a team we're an actual great football team see
0: getting points on the board this early though Aye. that's if nothing else I'm just happy that we've got points on the board
1: you'd a fear you'd, you'd, <coughs> that's exactly I, I, after the, the, the first game you were looking at And elect home The last game And you're thinking We could feasibly go into that game With no points points, And now we've got three in the board We beat them 3-0 And you're basically thinking It'll have to take A real Collapse Assuming they don't get anything Against the other teams And it's head to head between us It would take a real Collapse Collapse For us not to go into the Europa League And When the draw was made You'd have taken that right away
0: Yeah absolutely Um, PSG um, Dominated Bayern, not in terms of shots or stuff like that, but how often the Bayern Munich get beat 3-0? Very rarely, very rarely.
1: So rarely that they sacked their manager because of so it. So rarely that they sacked Carlo Ancelotti. Um, there's a bit, see in terms of PSG, there's a bit of um, sniping going across. I mean, La Liga talking about them, you know, some of the the teams there talking about the, the money they're spending and, and, and Bayern have been harping on about them a bit. As much as I agree that it is obscene. These players, have, uh, uh, these teams have al- already contributed to, you know, football just being a total cash cow, you know. I think it's a bit rich, especially when you hear about Barcelona and Real Madrid harping on about PSG spending power and stuff like that. I mean, come on, guys. you uh, have been using, you know, credit card money for a long time to kind of finance your, your, your football teams, but um, they are... They, they, they do look like one of the favourites for the tournament they, they just look a fantastic side
0: a, a quick question I forgot to bring in Boy on the Road um, who's doing that fantastic tour of all the, oh <coughs> hi,
1: the, boy on the bike,
0: away games um, we had them on the podcast the other week check it out uh, best away result for Celtic in Europe since Anfield
1: <coughs> absolutely
0: probably in terms of just controlling and
1: aye, being no, in I charge mean, no it was a really composed performance I, I really I mean Saying earlier on that, having you have to take into account their performance in the night and what they're like as a team just now, but it doesn't matter. See, to go away from home and do that to a team like Anderlecht, phenomenal.
0: Absolutely. Um, Keith asks. Um, Harji asks about the fact that we've sacked. Um, we sacked the fact that um Carlo Ancelotti has left Bayern Munich. Mm-hmm. has it come
1: a little too early for us? In terms of the supposed... Well, it didn't work for Anderlecht, did it? The bounce back after you... The bounce back ability, yeah. Well, we're going to be up against it anyway. I mean, we need to temper it a bit. (laughs) The assumption that we're, you know... I said after the PSG game, I thought we would beat them at home. Don't know, just had a feeling. Yeah. But going into the next away game against them, we take anything for that. You know, you bite your hand (laughs) off for a drop, but let's... I I don't think whether they've got Ancelotti in charge or not is going to make a difference in terms of um, that game. Um,
0: with with that kind of, um, do you know what? We'll focus on the Bayern Munich game near other time. But uh, we are joint second in the group. We are um, uh, with uh, with the the German minnows, Bayern Munich. I say that's a joke because they're actually like belter, pure pickle. I, I, do you know Scott Sinclair? Are you a bit frustrated with him now, or do you think? It's a bit frustrating sometimes, isn't it?
1: It was a good goal last night, wasn't it? I, <laughs> I suppose, I think one of the points we, 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 that had been made was Sinclair's meant to be one of our, he's, he's your top earners, I'd imagine. Um, and in terms of his influence on big games, you know, I, I think we'd mentioned that sometimes his decision making and, and things like that aren't particularly good and he's certainly a confidence player I mean the way he took that finish last night w- was phenomenal But With his weaker foot as well yep yeah, yep yeah, it, but in the first game and again he's supposed to be one of our key players when he did have the ball and he was driving forward you saw him running and you thought you don't really know what you're going to do here you're just kind of running aimlessly a bit and sometimes that frustrates me sometimes he fades out of games and stuff but see when his confidence is up and he's running at players phenomenal he's a a, a phenomenal player but maybe it's been a bit harsh sometimes you think I'd like you to take the game by the scruff of the neck because of your level of importance for us you know
0: he's not going to do that though is he
1: if he did probably
0: wouldn't be playing for us well there you go a little bit of a deficiency we're at the hour mark Um,
1: Rangers game Um, thoughts Um. It was. It is. What it it was. What it was. It was just a comfortable, composed performance. We we go there and we don't. It doesn't hold fear for us now. That's that's the bottom line. You can. It's becoming less and less of a sort of. Like I know that
0: obviously the media and Sky are trying to drive it. Like it's very very close. And that um, you know, it's a competition. It's not though, is it?
1: It's not. And and to be fair, that. (sighs) they're always going to do that so you just need to take that as it comes um, no point moaning about it no anything. it's just it is what it is but we, we talked about John Hughes's equaliser at Ibrooks back in the day when you know taking anything from the place was 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 no mean feat but now I mean, see if they'd beat us on Saturday see in the overall scheme of things it wouldn't have mattered in the slightest no I mean it's just a one off game and everybody's got a job and they'll work with the Rangers fans so you want to you know beat them for, for that but See if they they will beat us one day, right? But see when that day comes, assuming things are going the way that they're going just now, it 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 really doesn't matter. And that was it was great beating them and stuff like that, but it, it's 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 not got the same importance for us in terms of, of what it did. I mean, speaking to some Rangers fans that I work with, they, they were like, "I did not think we were as bad as we, I thought we were going to be." And yeah. I suppose it was it was almost a small victory for them, um, and I think we can see that you know, th- all isn't well within the Rangers camp because their managers seem to l- lose <sighs> the plot a bit just now, you know. Yeah, he's got, he's got some... What happens in Vegas? Stays yeah, he's in, in Vegas. Vegas. What does that even mean? That's a lot of fucking um, And I'm starting to see... You're starting to see some negative stuff in the press. I think there's machinations in the background to, to move him on. Machinations, Machinano. Aye. He's
0: a footballer. Um, just to point on, you know, it being a, you know, just not really meaning anything. See the Aberdeen game we played last season um, towards the end of the season on the Friday night. Yeah. Floodlights at Patojie. That was built up to be a really big game and mm-hmm. it was a really big game. It was a entertaining game of football.
1: Is that where we went 3-0 up and Hayes scored? And yeah. Then they were really good for really a while, for a and while yeah. Yeah.
0: but um, that was uh, two teams who obviously Celtic are better than everyone but it was a it was a, a challenge mm-hmm. um, it was a big big match atmosphere and it meant something because Aberdeen were second they were trying to finally you know get us at the claws into us. obviously we beat them in the cup final as well but that to me Friday night big floodlights at Pataudry big match atmosphere that's what I'm looking forward to this season going to Ibrooks or them coming to Parkhead eh and I, I'd rather not play these games. They're just a bit of an inconvenience. They'll
1: be, they, they are what they are. And they'll, they, do you know what? See when they eventually get rid of Kashina, the and they bring in, I imagine they'll bring in somebody like Tommy Wright or something the next time. They'll be harder to beat. I'm not saying they'll be they'll be competing with us or they'll be good. St. Johnson are hard to beat. Yep, they'll be harder to beat. You know, in terms of the budget they've got compared to the rest of Scottish football, and then it might become more of a an event other than the. You know the whole Glasgow thing about playing them. Um, it isn't like that just now. They might be, you know, if once they change manager, they might become harder to beat. But just now, it's. I mean, there's not really any much point going kind of getting over it. It's it's just not competitive just now. And at the end of the day, that it's just getting through emotions a lot of the time. Because I don't even think particularly well that. I mean, especially in the first half, you know. We weren't particularly clicking or anything like that. And then in the second half, it was just professional. Yeah. You know, we didn't really have our shooting boots on, but once we got the second goal, it was just, let's just stroke, stroke the ball about you I right. really do
0: think <coughs> that is the, the key word. It was very professional. Yeah. We went about our business and that was that. Mm-hmm. Um, but Chris and Manny, we're, we're at ten minutes. To be honest, we probably could record for another... We could do the hour and a half,
1: but... Uh, I got to... People are probably listening to us and going I don't like either of their voices so that I've we turned are, off after 15 minutes
0: if you've enjoyed the um, Gallants or Manny show just tweet us at 90 minutes Annick.
1: can we one thing before we go go on the New Orleans County manager Owen Coyle OC the man the man who was too good for the Celts he was a Barclays Premier League manager he he, he wouldn't come to Celtic Um, w- did you see his, inter- hear his interview the other week
0: Who's interview? <laughs> did you hear his interview? Sorry, Owen Coyle. Owen Coyle.
1: Did you hear his interview? His interview? No, I thought he said Herrera's interview, and I was like, "What?" Right. Uh, anyway, o- heard o-
0: you. Owen Coyle's um, interview. Uh huh. Where basically he met with Dermot Desmond, and he said it wasn't about money; it was um, just about the fact that it was the English Premier
1: League. Well, there we go. But he fucked it. He's now. <laughs> he's now came. I wouldn't even say he's came full circle because he's a, a lesser club than, than st, st. Johnson yeah so I, I mean the guys yeah i i i do find that amusing i mean i suppose it's that whole uh, thing about being you know a celtic fan and you you've got a chip on your shoulder about the finances in england and stuff like that the idea that the bu- the, the Burnley job or Bolton did they end Aye, up at Bolton because he did up at Bolton, they played f- the end the idea that those jobs were ever bigger than the Celtic job is laughable. Oh, laughable on and, um, a regular school And I suppose his career's gone certainly not up the way. No, but well best
0: best of luck, best of luck, Owen. Good good, good luck in your future endeavours. Uh, technically has gone up the way because it's uh,
1: up north. Aye, I suppose so, it's probably the the furthest up that he's ever been. <sighs> that sounds so offensive. <laughs> It's the <laughs> furthest I know it's
0: not. It's in no way offensive.
1: But uh, aye, no. I just I thought it was quite. Uh, it was worth mentioning that he's 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 there now.
0: Aye, um, if you as I say, if you've enjoyed the uh, Garland Sir Manny show, I tweet us on minutes and it can let us know. Um, this won't happen again.
1: There will be. We will <laughs> we'll always have three people here. Why? Why
0: are you so against it? I just,
1: I just you know, you need to get other opinions and i nah, Don't like do that. that.
0: It was going perfect up until that point, so no, I agree with you. We'll to that. Yeah, um, We are the 90-Minute Cynic. Check us out, 90minutesynic.com. You can check our supplement, the supplement um, where we release it on a... Semi-monthly basis? Not semi-monthly. Every couple of months um, we release a supplement. 19- Quarterly? Quarterly. Is it? I don't know. Every two months, maybe? Is it, is it still a thing now? Eh? Ah, it's still happening, probably. Okay. Uh, no, 90 com. you can check out the latest episode <laughs> edition of the supplement where it's all
1: about politics. We did a politics podcast, Chris. Yep, that's, that's right. With uh, Liam and uh, Mark. Yes.
0: Um, not Mark. Daniel, sorry. Daniel. Daniel. Um, but yeah, very good. Check it out. It's on our channel. You can you can see it on iTunes, you can see it on Speaker. We're on iTunes. If you search for ninety minutes Cynic, you can subscribe and if you want to leave us a positive comment, I mean that's up to you. But it would be pretty good.
1: We're all for that.
0: We're all for that. Um, speaker.com slash D 90 Minutes cynic. We're also on Facebook, facebook.com slash 90 Minutes it, although I don't think anyone updates that. Um, same with the Instagram. Nah, the, the social media
1: account, apart from the Twitter, it's just, it's just not happening, is it? Nah, it's really not.
0: We're, we're on Flipboard. Um, we're definitely on Flipboard.
1: Is, do, do, does Louis still do the Periscope?
0: Sometimes. Sometimes. Um, but they will come on the, come on the Twitter anyway.
1: crap as well, isn't it? <laughs> Just stick Good with the Twitter. Uh, stick with that's Twitter. that's
0: my, my tip from the top. Aye, tip from the top. All of our links are tweeted at 90 minutes on Twitter. That's the most prominent way of getting in touch with us and letting us know, giving us feedback on the podcast. Um, also, check out Boy on the Road, at Boy on the Road. Um, he's doing a terrific thing, cycling to all away league games in the 2017-18 season, um, raising money for the Celtic Foundation. Chris and Manny. Yep. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Christopher. Uh, we've had tea, we've had fun, we've looked and liked, we are dominating life. Yes,
1: not as much as Celtic, because they are dominating Europe. He's Chris Armani,
0: I'm Chris Gallagher, we are the 90 Minutes Inc., and we'll speak to you down the road. The
2: sun is high up in the sky my car, drifting down into the abattoir, do you see what I see, dear, the air grows heavy, listen to your breath, entwined together in this culture of death. do you see what I see, dear? Sliding over here Let me give you a squeeze To avert this unholy evolutionary trajectory Can you hear what I hear, babe? Does it make you feel free? Everything's dissolved, babe but just a code into play Skies on fire, the dead are heaped across the lane. Oh, yeah, yeah. I went to bed last night and my maru coca Oh yeah, yeah. I woke up this morning with a frappuccino in my hand. My heart Tumbled like Stock exchange Do you feel what I feel deep? Mass extinction Dog Hypocrisy Do you think I'm not good for me Do you see what I see deep? A line that God throws down to you and me Makes it pleasing Geometry Shall we leave this place yeah, now dear Is there some way out of here Wake with the sparrows And I hurry off to work The need for validation Be gone Desert. Oh yeah, yeah! I wanna be a Superman, but I'm turned into such a jerk. I got the Abattoir Blues. I got the Abattoir Blues. I got the Abattoir Blues. Right down in my shoes.